And hello and welcome everyone to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. Matt, we're here. It's Saturday night. It's our show time. I think we're actually early for a change. Normally we like to go right at 10 or around 10, but we're actually a few minutes early for a change. I know. Yeah, we started a little bit early just to make sure we, the, mm. you know, we got into it quite quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're making up for not being here last week. Obviously, yeah. of course, we postponed the show because I couldn't see Spider-Verse until Saturday, which is when we normally do the show. And honestly, I was happy to wait a week because I was glad to like really think about the movie and let it simmer because, oh, mm-hmm. boy, we'll, we'll talk about it at the end of the show. But what a what a layered, interesting and complex sequel they made. So it was so fucking good. It really was the friggin, you know, Empire Strikes Back of Spider-Man movies. Yeah, yeah, it was great. And uh, I think I loved it even more that my small town northern redneck theater got really pissed off by that to be continued. (laughs) I'm like, good, good. The fact that some people hate it actively makes me like it more. It's art. It's cinema. You plebs would not understand. (laughs) Which which truly I could not think of a more comic booky way to handle a film and to make it feel like reading a book because it starts with the comic code authority and it ends with a to be continued. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly like how you'd read like just an issue of a comic. Yep. And not just any to be continued, but a to be continued that would make Miles's original creator, Brian Michael Bendis probably blush because he's like, yep, that's how I've ended every book I've ever told. That's how I do it. (laughs) That's how I ended with a big reveal, a big unmasking, a big, oh, no, is this character dying? Bet you want to come back next time and read it, don't yeah, you? Yeah, big twist. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing I'm really jealous about is that, you know, because I saw it in a small, crappy Canadian theater there, I didn't get the Miles or Gwen head popcorn bucket. <laughs> oh, was that a thing? Yes, at the AMC theaters, which I got to say, AMC theaters in the States, they're fucking killing it. For the Dungeons and Dragons movie, you could get a popcorn bucket that was a big D20. And for this, you can get Spider-Man heads. Oh, nice. I know I know. for the new Transformers film, you can get like the Optimus and his trailer. And it's like a oh, trailer see? full of popcorn. And I think like the drink is in like the cab or something. Look, man, you see, that's how you save cinema. That's how you get butts in seats with fun and interesting popcorn buckets <laughs> is all i'm saying they need to keep doing that they need to do it for like weirdo art films too like Bo is afraid let me eat popcorn out of a joaquin phoenix head yeah yeah or oppenheimer like you get given just like a giant <gasps> a-bomb that's full of popcorn yes. yeah oh my god and, and they cover it green it's with like green nuclear coloring <laughs> plutonium oh seasoning yeah <laughs> Oh, my God. And on the bucket, it reads, I have become Death Destroyer of Worlds. (laughs) Matt, we just we just saved movie theaters, Matt. We just saved (laughs) cinema. And we're not even five minutes into the show yet this week. This is this is going to be a good one, I tell you. But, yeah, we actually got a ton of news this week, everyone. And uh, like I said, the second half of the show will be spent uh, talking about the movie, giving our thoughts and everything. But uh, how's your week been, Matt? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, I started playing Diablo three, uh, Diablo four. I, I started it playing Diablo good. four, and then two days before that, I started playing Street Fighter six. Okay, see if I had any money around, and hopefully I'm getting some money from a writing gig. I'm probably gonna pick up one of those because they both look really good. And honestly, I'm leaning towards Street Fighter. I've never been a Street Fighter guy, but I played mm. the demo and I kind of loved the demo. Yeah, no, so did I. I'm like, oh, this. The, I don't like fighting games at all, and like, oh, this is this is pretty cool. It's a bit of an open world. I can mm. go and fight old women on the street and like Love like it. beat up like old men, and like it's just so funny watching like a granny try to suplex me and everything it's it's so funny 
It's kind of brilliant. Capcom, they kind of, you know, they're leaning into that Yakuza territory now mm-hmm. for Street Fighter, where they actually let you go to Metro City, which is the thing from like the freaking Final Fight Hagar games. Mm-hmm. And let you walk around there, and it's filled with fun references. And like you said, you can fight anyone on the street and get experience. And then you learn under all the great Street Fighter masters, which makes you better to learn all their skills for when you actually play in the normal versus mode. And I'm like, fuck me, that's pretty smart. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Customization is pretty cool. I actually, for once, was able to make a character that actually looks like me. I know. Same thing. You can actually have different body types and you can also make some truly sick, disgusting freaks if you want. Oh, yeah. What's really funny is that like in in the character customization, they tell you that like, oh, if you have longer arms, you have like a longer reach and everything. So like I've seen so many like fucking freakish looking characters with like Mm -hmm. just these like like three meter long arms like arms that like touch the bottom of their feet love it and just like walking around so like when they can hit you halfway across the fucking ring is great love it it's so love cool everything about it uh oh i actually finished uh the miles morales ps5 spider-man game this oh week. yeah it was my treat to myself loved it it was great and then i instantly went back and started playing the remaster which i never played the dlc for that <clears> so that'll be fun dlc is pretty good I'm I'm all about it. I'm just completely fallen back in love with Insomniac Spider World, and I'm like, man, everything about this game, every inch of it, is just a fucking love letter to Spider Man. It's so good, isn't it? Again, we're having a real, you know, tale of two cities, a tale of two Spider Man. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times for Spider Man fans. <laughs> where the main book is probably the worst it's been since One More Day, but we've got <laughs> amazing. Amazing video games, amazing movies, amazing spinoff books. Yes, yes. What a weird time. And in fact, hey, that actually brings us to our first story for this week. And this one surprised the shit out of me. I thought people were pulling my leg. I thought they were getting information wrong. But apparently Dan Slott, who is currently writing the secondary Spider-Man book just called Spider-Man, they just wrapped up a whole sequel to Spider-Verse. And, you know, they're going to be starting a new thing with Spider-Boy. Well, he's not done yet because Dan Slott is actually going to be bringing back Superior Spider-Man. Yes, I'm so hyped for this. I I can't wait to read Superior Spider-Man again. I know, right? They obviously tried to do it once before. They tried to, you know, uh, bring it back under a different writer. And it didn't quite work. Like, obviously, it had its fans but it didn't last as long as long as people were thinking. And I know you and I were like, man, they, they should have struck while that iron was hot. They never should have had a couple of years where he was bad again. They should have just kept rolling with it. But I wonder now that Dan Slott, the guy who arguably made it work better than anyone else, is now back in the driver's seat. What's it going to be like? Will he be able to recapture that magic? And also, how the hell are we even going to get there again? Because they just mm. say Superior Spider-Man. And at first, I'm like, oh, they're saying Superior Spider-Man, but they're not saying Doc Ock is back. Only for them to later confirm, no, it actually is going to be Doc Ock again. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. Like, he's, like they, they could easily do it as in this is a book set in the past and this is stories we Untold didn't see. Tales. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, something's going to happen and create, like, peter uh, like doc ock back in peter's body somehow or so, or another body because obviously clones yeah. are on the table again uh we'll have to see because uh issue 27 of amazing which drops this week actually has him fighting doc ock again oh okay 
So maybe they'll be planting the seeds for that, which on one hand, I'm like, ooh, that's interesting. But on another hand, I'm like, God damn it, is this book once again going to have to not actually do anything to service other books happening elsewhere in the universe? <laughs> Remember when other books served Spider-Man and not the other way around? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a fuck of a thing. But yeah, I'll definitely be checking that. Out. I'll definitely be interested. It's funny to think that that Superior run was so good it kind of fucked up Doc Ock in the universe for a long time because he was such an interesting and compelling hero and a guy who learned mm -hmm. to be good again that when he did just become a straight-up bad guy again, we're all kind of like, well, this is all right, I guess, but it could be better. Yeah, yeah, it could be better. I, I will say the last time he was actually a really great, really compelling villain was not in a Spider-Man book, but it was in Devil's Reign mm -hmm. when he was like Starscream to the Kingpin in that one. Yes, yeah. Wow, Where Zdarsky nice. just kind of... Whereas Zdarsky just kind of remembered, like, hey, this villain kicks ass. We should just let him kick ass. <laughs> mm, yeah. I'm all about that. But, yeah, I, I never thought I'd see Superior return, and I love the idea that people are nostalgic for it. So much to the point that some people are even, like, accusing Dan Slott of being like, oh, you wrote another Spider-Verse. Now you're writing Superior again. Are you just doing your greatest hits now this late in your career? And Slott's like, uh, yeah, at least I have greatest hits, dude. <laughs> at least I have greatest hits, weird internet man. <laughs> That's another crazy thing about like how amazing how bad Amazing Spider-Man has gotten now. We are seeing so many people reevaluate the career of Dan Slott because people were bored and mad at him for like a decade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were really mad at him. Yeah, because he was like the first writer to take the helm of the book after, you know, uh Brand New Day or Bright New Day or whatever the hell they got. Basically, after they fucked up the marriage the first time, yeah, they had yeah. a bunch of fill-in writers. He kind of rose to the top, much in the same way Zeb Wells rose to the top at the end of uh, the Beyond arc. Mm -hmm. And then he just didn't stop writing the book for a decade. And obviously, like, you know, the best stuff he's done, I think the cream has kind of risen to the top because, you know, people remember that he did Mr. Negative. They remember he did the original Spider-Verse, yep. which, of course, served as the basis for the movie. And everyone remembers Superior, which is funny that everyone loves and is nostalgic for Superior now because they yeah. have their goddamn oh, knives out. Everyone fucking hated it when it was uh, when it was out. Yeah. Yeah, they were acting insane when that happened. That's why I think it's funny now to see all these goddamn nerd channels that don't normally cover comic books and Spider-Man being like, Spider-Man ruined, Zeb Wells and Marvel ruined Spider-Man. I'm like, oh, oh, my sweet summer children with no fucking historical context. They thought Superior ruined it. They thought One More Day ruined it. They thought uh, friggin' Sin's Past ruined it and the Clone Saga ruined it. Spider-Man has technically been ruined like a dozen different times over the years, depending on yeah. who you talk to. Yeah, every little uh, thing, every little uh, change to Spider-Man is like the worst thing that happened. It reminds me, like, like recently we had that uh, we had we have the news from Insomniac Spider-Man. We we're talking about that yes. before, where they said that Eddie Brock wasn't going to be Venom in Spider-Man Two, yes. and people like you and me who have played the game are like, uh, yeah, no shit. Well, yeah, you teased yeah, it as Harry Osborn at the end, but like, you see so many people online just you know, going crazy about it. Like, how could they do this? They don't know the character, you know, all that stuff. I'm like, play the game and you'll completely understand what's happening. Yeah. Also, it's like, did you not pay attention to all the other things that are different in the Insomniac universe? <laughs> yeah. D Tombstone is a biker. Mary Jane is a journalist. Yeah. Yeah. Miles things can change. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mayor. Tinkerer is Miles's friend. <laughs> yeah. And a, and a woman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
which which I totally called there. I was like, hey, it's my friend Finn, my fe- friend Finn who loves technology. Her last name is Mason. I'm like, Finn, Finn, Phineas Mason. Come on now. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty good, though. <laughs> you can't trick me, uh, Insomniac. I know what's <laughs> up. I'm, I'm down with it. That That's that's pretty good, though, if you're going to update a character. Yeah, upgrade the tinkerer like that. Make her a hip young lady who wants to fight the power and, you know, tear down rocks on. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Also, hey, the new game is going to actually have Queens and Brooklyn in it. How about that? I, I'm excited. We're, we're finally going to have the two boroughs of which our uh, Spider-Men are from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true, isn't it? Yeah, we, we haven't had it in, in any of the games, I don't think. No, I think some of the older ones might have had it. Or at least they might have had Brooklyn, but I could be wrong. Or no, mm. they could have had Queens. I could be wrong. Mm. But yeah, I think that's funny. We have two Spider-Men who very much rep their neighborhoods, and yet we didn't have them in this city. It's like, oh, New York isn't big enough for you. We got Times Square. You got the Empire State Building. Isn't that enough? <laughs> but yeah, so it's it's a very weird time to be a Spider-Man fan. Uh, I'm excited for Superior. I definitely want to give this a try, and I feel yeah. like this one is going to last longer because it's like, oh, Slot's returning. He must have more to say. Yeah, yeah. Slot. I, I'm a, cu- a little bit behind on Slot's current spider-man book but it was fun it was good it was like it was friendly neighborhood spider-man but you know it was spider-man doing what he usually does no no fucking misery or anything like that so i'm looking forward to seeing seeing this because yeah the original superior spider-man uh is fantastic how how fucked up of it is it gonna be if doc ock is spider-man again and he's happier more well-adjusted more mature i mean i could see it because that was kind of like how he went at the end of that of that superior run where it he was. like started realizing like all, all this stuff that Peter had and that he didn't and like took for granted and everything. Yeah. Work yeah. hard enough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, shit, if anything, again, and I keep coming back to this, the end as schmaltzy as some people is, I think the end of superior is perfect where he gives the body back to Peter to save Anne Marie, the woman he loves in doing so making his, you know, final act as a hero because love makes you a better person and you know mm-hmm. love makes you a hero and he had to fall in love to figure it all out mm-hmm. uh cowboy doc ock is the reason peter is still in college doc ock said peter plagiarized his dissertation after peter recovered his body well that was more of a retcon is what that was that that came apart apart cowboy because fans complained that peter was still you know had his corporation and was still like introducing himself as dr parker when he actually didn't do any of the work Ock technically did the work <laughs> that was fans <laughs> complaining about that honestly i didn't give a shit i'm like whatever it's the idea that peter could have done it whenever he wanted if he just you know uh friggin focused himself but he never can because he's too busy being spider-man but Ock can because he's a fucking sociopath and he compartmentalizes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also, I don't remember, too, where did they leave his relationship with uh, Anne-Marie at the end of that last uh, Superior story? Because I really loved her as a character, and I really loved her. Where did she appear? She appeared in something, not recently, but, like, recently more than Superior. And she, she like, completely disregarded Peter and all of that. Oh, where was it? I can't remember. Because I really loved their relationship and I really Mm. loved her as kind of like, you know, really positive representation for little people. Yeah, yeah. She was a great character. Which you never get. And she's like, oh, yeah, she's, you know, she's super smart and, you know, she's super capable and everything. And, you know, Doc really, you know, loves and respects her Mm -hmm. and everything as a colleague and everything. And, you know, her size is never a thing. And I'm like, that's really cool. Yeah, it was great. 
Oh, Cowboy saying Anne-Marie left him when she found out he was a psychopath. Yeah, because he Mm. became a jerk again at the end of that series. Well, there you go, Doc. Now you can win her back. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe leave the nice lady alone. I don't know. We'll we'll see about that. Like shit, there was even a thing there, and again, people never talk about this moment. It's like where Aunt May, who's always such a nice character, because you know, Auk is pretending to be Peter and he's dating Anne Marie and everything, and uh, Aunt May is like, "Well, how uh, how could anything happen with like grandchildren or anything? Wouldn't wouldn't that be a problem?" And Aunt gets like pissed off and like punches a wall or something. <laughs> he's like, "Don't you dare talk about her like that." <laughs> I just, I just love the idea of Auk as this, like, sociopath fucking wife guy. <laughs> I love you so much, I'll kill everyone. <laughs> That's how in love I am. I've never felt this way about anyone. And it's even weirder, too, because it's like, wait, didn't Auk actually date and almost marry Aunt May? Yeah, he yeah, did, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Why is my ex talking bad about my current girlfriend? <laughs> And and, and then and then recently he tried to get back in with her, didn't he? He did. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> in a really weird murder she yeah. wrote beyond story, they hung out together, and he was like still being like, "Hey, still interested? Hey, you remember when we used to date? Because I was trying to get a nuclear power plant that you had gotten in a will. That was a fucking weird story. That was a really fucking weird story. Yeah. Now, our next story here is also about a brand new book, and it's also tangentially connected to the last time people said Spider-Man is ruined. J. Michael Straczynski, famous TV writer, creator, comic writer, is actually making his grand return to Marvel. He will be taking the reins of the Steve Rogers Captain America book, because we mentioned that was coming to an end. Mm. It was just going to be the Sam book for a bit, and they said, well, don't worry. You know, We've got big plans for Steve. Steve's not going anywhere. Well, now we know he is getting a second series, and he's getting a pretty kick-ass writer attached to it. Yeah, this was this is quite surprising. This is this is a big, big name writer. It is. This is even bigger too, because most people pretty much assumed that J. Michael Straczynski was done with comics and done with Marvel yeah. because of the events of One More Day. Yeah, yeah. Because if you remember, Straczynski's name was on that book, but he said, you know, very loudly, this is not the book I wanted. Editorial took it away from me. They basically had a gun to my head. I had written out a whole, you know, year's worth of story that could have, you know, actually organically gotten Mary Jane and Peter out of the relationship. And we wouldn't need a big, stupid deal with the devil. But they didn't want that. They wanted the Mephisto thing. And they ended up on such bad terms. He never came back until right now. And I think it's hilarious that he comes back now and it's like, oh, so I didn't write the worst Spider-Man story ever, huh? I didn't ruin Spider-Man more. Cool, I'll come back now. <laughs> I'll come back now. I'm good. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also saw some stupid people being like, oh, well, you know, I hope that J. Michael Straczynski doesn't, uh, what is it, freaking, you know, Superman walking across America, uh, him, that he doesn't do to Captain America what they did to Superman. I'm like, guys, have you been reading Captain America? They've done that like five times with him. <laughs> that was literally what Christopher Cantwell did in his miniseries. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, Captain America's been doing it for longer. He, what is it, uh, was it, threw off his costume and became Nomad and was like pissed off at like yeah. goddamn Nixon and Watergate. Again, you people have no historical context for this. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Which is fucking hilarious. But uh, yeah, so Michael Straczynski coming back two comic books i hope this doesn't end like all j michael straczynski works do and that is it starts really <clears throat> great and really awesome and then gets canceled prematurely and you never get any closure yeah like his thor run like his thor run uh like his many tv shows mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like every tv show he's ever done what was what was that netflix one he did since eight yeah yeah 
I know a lot of people, my mom really loved that show and was really into it. It's like, what, what do you mean it's just over? What do you mean we never get any conclusion? I'm like, oh, oh, I'm sorry, mom. It's your first J. Michael Straczynski, huh? He, he, he hurt you too, huh? The same way he hurt us. That's that's why I didn't get into it, mom, because I know this this man is cursed. You know, the, the ancient ones have cursed him for all his work to be really good and also really unfinished. <laughs> You know, I, I think he got bitten by a gnome at some point, and this is the curse that he carries <laughs> with him for all time. Oh, yeah, I guess, too, uh, Straczynski was also involved in Sin's past, which technically didn't happen anymore. So that's, too, yes. they ruined Spider-Mans that he was involved in that aren't the worst anymore. Mm, I wonder if they would write Spider-Man in this Captain America book. That would be fucking hilarious. He's like, look, if no one is doing anything with this character, now Steve <laughs> crashes on Peter's couch. How about that? Yeah, yeah. And it's just them hanging out. And it's like, look, we got to get our lives back together, man. <laughs> I'm actually like too behind on uh, Cold War, which is a shame because the finale comes out this week and I'm too behind. Mm -hmm. There was just too many goddamn books this week. I had like 12, 13 new books this week and I barely got to any of them. Yeah, there was. Too many events, too many tie-ins. It's a rough one. I mean, they were good. I liked what I liked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I haven't read the most recent one, but the last one was pretty good. Yeah. Now, that's not the only new Marvel stuff we have to look forward to either. We're getting a brand new Avengers book. Obviously, Jed McKay just began his Avengers run. Uh, Jerry Duggan will <clears> be giving us Uncanny Avengers soon uh, in a brand new run. But Al Ewing actually has his own Avengers book, too, starting fairly soon. And it's called Avengers, Inc. It's going to star Janet Van Dyne and the human version of Vision, who may or may not be Vision. It's a bit of a mystery, and it's going to be a film noir detective series. Yeah, I I was quite surprised by this. Uh, I, no, I love all no, those things you said. Yeah, 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 and it's mainly for the fact that we now have three Avengers book where we went from just one and and yep. for for so long uh, to to now more Avengers books. But yeah, no, I'm excited for that. That's that's pretty cool. I'm down for it again. I always like it when they experiment <clears throat> with the genre and do a little different. Also, you know, Janet's a great character who doesn't get enough love and play. And so, you know, I love the idea of her out here solving mysteries. Yeah, yeah. I'm down for that. Uh, a little bit more girl power series, too. Uh, Kelly Thompson will also be helming a brand new version of the Birds of Prey for DC. And this one has a hell of a lineup. We got Black Canary who's pretty, you know, a uh, consistent member of the team across all of the different iterations. Big Barda, who hasn't really gotten up to much in the main DC universe no. currently. No, she hasn't. Harley Quinn, who is in everything, but also makes a lot of sense for the Birds of Prey, because, hey, remember when we tried to build a whole Harley Quinn Birds of Prey movie around each other? <laughs> mm. Also, Cassandra Kane, who I guess made it back from Spirit World, yet another character who everyone loves and yet can never seem to find a place. Yep. And friggin' Zealot, everyone, from Wildstorm. Remember Zealot? She's back in Pog form. <laughs> I guess Zealot is the most popular Wildstorm female character, I guess. Well, they're, they're, they're throwing all the Wildstorm characters into, like, really strange things like, like this. Uh, a couple of them are over in the new Stormwatch, uh, yep. on the main Stormwatch team with a couple of actual DC characters. And so, so they're, like, sort of sprinkling them all about the place. They're trying. They're really genuinely trying to integrate them more, and I guess mm. that's good. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's good. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely excited for this. I haven't read a Birds of Prey book that has interested me in a very long time, but I love me some Kelly Thompson, and I love all the ladies they mentioned for this team. So I think I think this is going to be a good one. And I got to say, at DC right now, we're not we're there's not a ton of different team books because there's not a Justice League book now. There's just the mm -hmm. Titans now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
There's not an ongoing Suicide Squad book, so I guess they could use some more interesting outside-the-box team books. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm interested in this. I, my interest did take a hit when they announced that Harley Quinn was going to be involved in it. Just uh, was like, oh, fuck it. Really? Really? She's, Couldn't pick she's anyone else? <laughs> she, I know. I would have picked someone else, but she's the fourth pillar, Matt. She's the fourth <laughs> holy pillar of uh. the DC Universe. <laughs> so annoying. They just keep pushing her into everything. I mean, look, if she's here, it means they might actually sell more copies of this book. I guess, yeah. It might actually stick around. Has Kelly Thompson written uh, Harley Quinn before? I wonder what her take is. I don't think she has. Interesting. I guess we'll see about that. Uh, On the DC animation side of things, we got another longer trailer for My Adventures of Superman, which actually comes out next month. Yes, and it looks great. It looks wonderful. It looks awesome. It looks bright and sunny and shiny and happy and there's action. And Jack Quaid is actually doing some interesting stuff as Superman. I know. Yeah, he's, he sounds great. He does. What what an interesting bit of casting where it's like, oh, you fought an evil Superman in your live action superhero show. And now you're here as good Superman in a cartoon. <laughs> did, uh, did you actually hear the rumor, too, that uh, Butcher and Homelander are actually supposed to be like uh, new characters for the new season of Call of Duty? Oh, is it Call of Duty? I thought it was Mortal Kombat. Uh, both. They're saying both, oh, actually. They're saying they might be in both, which, fuck me, is the boys really that popular? They get to double dip on huge franchises. <laughs> I know. I couldn't believe it either because I had heard that it was going to be uh, friggin' Mortal Kombat. I'm like, well, yeah, that certainly makes more sense because they have the DC crossovers already. Might as well do the boys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, I hear that uh, there's there's an unlockable operator in the new season of Call of Duty just called Butch, and everyone has jumped to the conclusion. It's like, oh, well, that must be Butcher then. No, okay. Which, again, I actually think that's not too bad. He actually makes a lot of sense in Call of Duty. Weirdly enough, he fits. He does, but fucking Homelander doesn't. What's Who who is that fucking, the guy in the last season of The Boys uh, who actually uses guns? Oh, Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy, but there was also that other, there was like his, his like Bucky Oh, right. That's right. Uh, the racist gun nut. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah shit. Shit. He was uh, he was from Teenage Kicks. God. Yeah. yeah what is his I, name I can't escape? remember what his name is. Yeah. He, he had a funny, punny name, but also remember Call of Duty right now also has freaking Kevin Durant and the Shredder from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as unlockable characters. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, and Santa Claus. Oh, fuck. Oh, and, and oh, he gets even better. They have like actual streamers now as characters. Oh, uh, fuck. T- Guys you've never heard of, like Tim the Tat Man or Nick Merckx, who they actually took uh, Nick Merckx out because he said some transphobic shit this week. And his pack had only been out for like a couple weeks. Yeah, they skinned him alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they skinned, They totally skinned him. It was crazy. They sent the skin man after him and took, <laughs> took, the, oh. took his skin for being racist. That's that's, uh, that, that's my favorite uh, Call of Duty operator, the skin man. <laughs> Gunpowder was his name. Gunpowder. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you were going to use any Call of Duty character, why not them? But then I reminded that fucking Oroko Saki is in it, too. <laughs> so why the hell not? Sure, Homelander can come and use guns. Why not? Yeah. I, I bet he'll have a finisher where he gets to use laser vision. Yeah, yeah, probably. Actually, even Black Noir would have been a more interesting choice. because That would have made more sense, yeah. Yeah, because they have samurai swords and throwing stars. But he doesn't speak, so you need, like, some actual Anthony Starr lines. That's, yeah, some, like, quips. Yeah. Yeah, you can't have a totally silent character. That would be the problem. Mm. Though, seriously, uh, Soldier Boy would be pretty great, too, actually. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, that, that would have been great. I, I did hear, like, like a while back that, like, I think it was for that last World War II Call of Duty game mm-hmm. that they were meant to have, like, Captain America 
and oh, uh, Indiana Jones. Uh, they did have Snoop Dogg, and I think they also had John <laughs> McClane and the Terminator at some point. Yeah, Call of Duty has only gotten weirder, people, if you haven't played it. And I kind of love how fucked up and weird it is now. It's 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 fucking Fortnite with extra steps. It it basically is, and I like that they're just like embracing that now, the Fortniteiness of it all, where it's like, yeah, we're not even gonna try to pretend that we're in goddamn reality anymore. So here's like just here's a modern day samurai, and here's just like a bunch of weird shit hanging out with Captain Price, who's a goddamn superhero. It's like they went like the like the opposite direction of like the single player campaign, which is yes. heavily realistic. They're like, okay, we Very. need to compensate, so let's have fucking. I know Godzilla fighting fucking Snoop Dogg in fucking shipment. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that's right. There was also Godzilla. I totally forgot Godzilla and King Kong were yeah. also things for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> but and also maybe zombies, but maybe not this team because the other team does the zombies. <laughs> not even for Halloween. Yes, not even for Halloween. I I hate to say I've gotten into DMZ now. I'm actually like I'm playing a lot of DMZ solo now, which is the worst way to play it. I haven't I haven't played it at all. It is it is shockingly fun and addictive if you like to see numbers go up and if you like to loot things. Yeah, I, I'm not into those battle royals. It's, don't uh, interest uh, me at all. I'm not either, but I love that you can create absolutely ridiculously broken builds with your gun and just completely <laughs> mess up people's days, which I did. <laughs> As just like some weird loner where it's like, ah, oh, we're a team of three. He can't do anything to us. Smoke. <laughs> Run you over with a car, smoke. <laughs> Just doing ridiculous ass shit. Uh, now, what else do we have going on here? Oh, so apparently they're saying that the Flash sequel script has already been written. Yeah, which, that's not uh, happening. That's not happening. Yeah, again, I'm like, you can say it's written. You can say you wrote it, but uh, I will take things I do not believe for 500, Alex. <laughs> I think you're all trying very hard to make us think that a this movie will be a success and b that you're not just gonna fire Ezra Miller as soon as it's all said and done. Yeah, and uh, like as we said before, they're not gonna say before the movie comes out that yeah. Ezra's not coming back or they're not doing a sequel no or anything. Will see it. Yeah, because yeah, no one will see it. So of course they're gonna keep saying all of this stuff up until you know ten minutes after the movie debuts. And people are already apparently struggling to see the movie because apparently the pre-sales are much less than they were expecting. And the director spoiled one of the freaking big cameos, which is always a telltale sign that they're in a lot of trouble and are afraid that they're not going to reach certain, you know, benchmarks that they had set for themselves. Not only that, there's like, there's like loads of TikToks going around that just like straight up show you a lot of these cameos and like what the ending is. So it's like, yeah, why bother? It's 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 shit. <laughs> And the few early reviews we did have were mostly lukewarm. Yeah, yeah. Did you see that? Uh, that there was like a tr like a TV spot trailer that came out that had like they had you know the quotes from like you know people who have seen it and everything, and people were like just cherry picking ones like oh that the, the Flash film news said the Flash film was a good film. I'm like shocking, oh right? shocking, and th there was one as well that was it was some quote from someone, but they misspelt like some of the words they had left. Like the uh, first word was just, and they left the J off in the quote, and it amazing. It's like how do you not check any of these things? <laughs> amazing. Again, too, you know, weirder things have happened. It could be a big success, but I think with all the news surrounding it and them releasing it in the weird window they're releasing it after a big Transformers, after a big Spider-Man, at the same time as the big Pixar movie for the year. Yeah, like a week before Indiana Jones as well. Yeah. Yeah. 
seems weird. Also, too, are they going to keep this one in theaters or are they going to do what they've done for the last several DC movies and just like send it to streaming as soon as it's been a month? I, I mean, I could see that. I mean, goddamn Fast and Furious 10 or whatever the fuck it is now just came onto digitals. I saw that too on the digital. It's like, really? But it hasn't even been out that long. No, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I guess this is just the future of modern movies, but it's weird that these are the guys like embracing it. Mm, mm. Yeah, as the chat's saying, I'll happily just wait for Blue Beetle. Yeah, I will see mm. Blue Beetle because I feel like I'm actually supporting something that needs it. Yeah. This, that other movie doesn't need my money. And also, I think a lot of people are just smart and have caught on where it's like, oh, why am I seeing this? Oh, because it's just going to restart the whole universe so we can do these uh, James Gunn ones now. Yeah, I guess I don't need to see this. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the general audience is starting to catch on. Yeah, I feel like whatever fan base was there for this movie, it's been split in half too many times now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But hey, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it gets huge word of mouth. Maybe a lot of people are like, no, Keaton really is the fucking bomb in this. You got to see fucking Keaton. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. L- Lord knows that's what the trailers want us to think. And I mean, yeah. no one else. The, the, when the main star can't do press tours and can't do the it's, night shows and everything. It's so hilarious watching them promote a Flash film with like a no Supergirl flash. and like a Batman. It's so yeah. fucking funny. Yeah, should, well, why can't we have the Flash come and talk about, oh, because they're, like, a dangerous criminal. Yeah, oh, is he going to be at the premiere? Oh, maybe. We, we're going to, like, be monitoring him. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, Ezra Miller comes, but they're on a goddamn ankle monitor. Yeah, yeah, a leash. Yeah. Yeah, really. Uh, g- g- careful, everyone. Back. Oh, no, no, they wheel Ezra Miller out in one of those Hannibal Lecter <laughs> chairs. Careful, careful, they do bite. <laughs> Do not get your Jesus. fingers anywhere near. Oh, Jesus. And that's uh, that, That's when they launch their major escape at the premiere. Oh, no, who was supposed <laughs> to be watching Ezra Miller? Ezra Miller, oh, my God, they're in the walls. <laughs> oh, God, they, they are heading back to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, where their power is strongest. <laughs> we can't stop Ezra Miller in Hawaii. That's the source of their power for some reason. <laughs> Uh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, Chemdog just said flash in the pan. If I was to write a review, that would probably be my <laughs> review. Uh, but let's stop talking about the flash. Let's talk about something good. Uh, Hickman's ultimate series, which is coming down the pipeline sooner than we expected. You and I, Matt had talked before about like, Oh, is this just going to be one story or is this going to be a launching point for a whole new imprint? It's a launching point for a new imprint. We're going to be getting brand new titles off the back of this. Yes. Uh, the, the ultimate universe is being relaunched. Which is crazy to think. And also like, okay, is this a good idea? Is there enough nostalgia for this? Are you going to learn from your mistakes before? Is this going to be like Hickman's launching the universe, but I don't think uh, Hickman's going to stick around much like they did for the X-Men. Is this going to be more comics for us to review every week and a new, you know, timeline and a new continuity to keep? Yeah. Well, again, they haven't announced what they are doing with it they just announced that no. it's going to be a line uh or the new creative teams yeah 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 so i well, I, th- I have to assume it's going to be like an avengers an iron man a captain america book a four. four book yeah uh so and and maybe a spider-man if they figure that out because <laughs> let us not forget the most popular ultimate comic was spider-man yeah it started with spider-man and then it ended with spider-man when everything else fell to pieces Mm -hmm. so it feels weird to be like and we're redoing ultimate universe minus the most popular one (laughs) 
Though maybe there will be a Spider-Man. Maybe they'll be like, oh yeah, Peter's alive again. Or, oh, there's another Miles over here. I don't know. And it'll be very interesting to see what they do with it. Mm, yeah, I, I'm intrigued to see how they're going to handle I'm intrigued to see how they're going to handle it in a modern era. Because the the Ultimates back in the day were like, you know, it was it the, more, the more realistic sort of harder edge. You had the fucking Mark Millar writing, you yes. know, Captain America saying... Uh, the A on his head doesn't stand for France, and doesn't you know, stand for fucking France. Yeah, or yeah, all the all this stuff, you know, blow beating the wasp, like just all this horrible, yeah. horrible shit. Uh, so, like, what are they gonna do with it now? Like, what's the ultimate universe now? Exactly. Again, is it just gonna be twenty twenty three? Because I feel like a lot of books now in the Marvel universe aren't afraid to be more modern and more current and more mm-hmm. now. So it's interesting to think because like the appeal of the ultimate universe is characters got old, they mm-hmm. died, and when they died, death actually meant yeah. death. Yeah, it was real, yeah. They didn't always stick to that, and then eventually they blew up the whole universe. <laughs> so I don't know. And also, yeah, what about characters like the Maker and Jimmy Hudson and everything? The Maker, who is actually technically in the Ultimate Universe now, because that's where we left Last off time with we him. Saw him. Yeah, that was Last a while ago. That was a while ago. That was the end of Donny Cade's Venom. So, yeah, that was like 100 years ago now. Yeah. In the long, long ago. But, yeah, I'm definitely fascinated. I'm definitely going to check it out because it's like this is either going to be really good or this is going to be like an exercise and like, oh, you probably should have left the memories alone. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. this feels like a recipe for just people saying like, well, it was not as good as last time. Yeah, and I I guess that's going to be a, th- a thing they just have to deal with, they'll have to deal with the people who's like, well, it's not, you know, the, you know, ultimate Avengers or, well, it's not ultimate Captain America, you know? Yeah. They'll just have to and deal also, with it. And also too, like everyone remembers the really good ultimate stuff that was mm-hmm. there, but there was like a lot of bad stuff by yeah. the end too. Yeah. Ultimatum, Captain America becoming president. They did well, something like, with like the infinity stones. Yeah, like even just the later Ultimates, you know, when Millar yeah. kept writing it, it's like this, this isn't good. I think you guys actually lost the plot on this one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And normally if you did this in the main universe, you would have like like a crisis event or you'd have yep. a big sweeping retcon or something. But the Ultimate Universe is like, no, 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 we're not going to have those tricks. No. It's also weird, too, because like when people say, oh, I miss the Ultimate Universe it's gone. I'm like, no, it's not. It's just the movies now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the movies were really inspired by the Ultimates. It's why we have like, like Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury, yeah. and and they they even made a reference to like Robert Downey Jr. as as uh, Tony Stark years before he was cast as Tony Stark. Sure did, and also not even that. It's just this idea of being like, yeah, it's a more simple, more streamlined mm-hmm. version to follow of the Ultimate Universe with less books that come out less often, or at least it was at a point. Yeah, and it's like sim- stories like you know, but like with kind of like a uh, a different spin on it, or like a realism spin sort of on yeah. it. Which again, I just keep thinking, I'm like, that's the movies. The movies mm-hmm. took all the good ideas from the Ultimates and ran. Did, did they run longer than the Ultimate Universe? How many years was the Ultimate Universe around? Ooh. Not that long, I don't... Like, like comparatively, not that long. It, like, feels like it because there was a shitload of books. I mean, like, it's not as long as you think. Like, I think yeah. it was ending around the same time as The Last Secret Wars, if I recall. Because, yeah. like, they did an end book and then Brian Michael Bendis came in and said, fuck you, I'm doing an end. Uh, 2015. Yeah, yeah, the, the, there was, yeah, by the end, there was, like, some just some weird sort of, like, one-off books every now and then. 
Uh, so 2022 to 2015. So like over a decade. Yeah, yeah. So over a decade, roughly 16 years. So yeah, it wasn't around for that long, but it also wasn't as long as people remember being. Mm-hmm. It was around longer than the Confederacy. So that's pretty good. <laughs> I, 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 I love saying that because I know that pisses off the right people. It's like, yeah, yeah it was longer than the Confederacy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so more power to Hickman's Ultimates. We'll have to check that out when it gets here. Another really weird series that's coming out, but also only weird in the sense I'm shocked they didn't do this earlier. Ben Percy will be penning the four-issue versus series that we have all been dreaming in our minds forever and doodling in our notebooks. I'm, of course, talking about Wolverine versus Predator. Yeah, yeah, it's about time. Now, this obviously didn't happen sooner just because they were dealing with all that legal bullshit with like 20th century fox and predator because that's why like the predator comic got delayed quite a fair bit yes because there was some some copyright stuff happening with it yes yeah someone was trying to squeeze them for money but it's finally happening it's four issues it looks to be like out of continuity which is probably Mm -hmm. how it should be yeah yeah I mean, what's what's not to love about it? It's Wolverine fighting the Predator. And yeah. it's Ben Percy, who's been writing Wolverine and X-Force for like a really long ass time now. So I guess he's got a good handle on it all. Yeah, I'm, I I was surprised they actually got him to do it. But yeah, I, I'm excited. It's, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. And it's four issues. It's not you know going to outstay its welcome or anything. Absolutely. Uh, I would also like to pitch to Mr. Percy, who I know used to watch the channel there when I was covering his books more. Uh, it's a sequel series. It's Wolverine Predator versus Predators, where it's just them going after sex offenders. Yeah, hunting yeah. down pedophiles, yeah. Yeah, so it's just them beating up Jared Fogle in jail and, you know, <laughs> finding where the Catholic Church uh, stashes all those touchy priests. Yeah, like blowing that. up the Epstein Island, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, well, well, that's the big finale. They got to fight the ghost of Epstein on Epstein's yeah, island. And he, he put the predator bomb on the island and yeah. <gasps> like you joke, but that's fucking money right there. Actually, <laughs> predator versus predators where predators like Jesus Christ. You know, I thought I was bad, but you guys fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just kill people for sport, but you, you, you're, you're all bad people. Uh, I, 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 I hope the book also ends with like a tease to like, oh, here's a xenomorph or something. Oh, oh, well, naturally. I mean, they have them. So, of course, that's going to be the next one. It's going to be like fucking, I don't know, who's who's like, it's going to be uh, the, the fucking Star Jammers versus Alien. Oh, yes. Guardians yeah, I, or something. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Million dollars right there. Guardians versus Aliens. Money, please. Yes. Yes. They, it, it it writes its goddamn self. They find a derelict ship that they're trying to salvage for scrap. They find a bunch of creepy audio logs there. It's like, guys, I think there was something yeah. else out here. And and, and, and like a, the, the the big end battle is like like Annihilus ends up getting some Xenos and oh, like combining oh them with like his his swarm or something or the Brood or something. You know, the the oh exactly. You would need to have the aliens versus the Brood is what you would need. Yeah, yeah. They infect. The the brood so now we have like this brood xeno hybrid which is just terrible to think about <laughs> yeah nightmarish in so many ways well actually they, they, they kind of did away with the brood so like the brood aren't mm. scary anymore in x-men because brew is in charge of them so maybe maybe brew gets blamed for because the xenomorphs are just <laughs> the brood ah <laughs> oh, so many good ideas they, they put them on trial it's like it's not me it's not me i swear <laughs> I've been good. These guns clearly don't look like Brood. They look like some H.R. Geiger wet dream nightmare. (laughs) 
but yeah, that sounds pretty dope. And yeah, man, I think you I think you called the ending 100%. There's going to be xenomorphs at the end of it, and that's the sequel. Wolverine versus Alien versus Predator. Yeah, or, or it'll be like a, a Predator 2, how like uh, you get to see like a, the Predator shipping in the background is like the xenomorph skull sort of just sort of hinting at it. I think, I think you nailed it. I think that's totally going to be the end. Yeah. Uh, now, some more stuff we got coming down the pipeline here. Amy Pascal was interviewed these last couple of weeks, obviously, because uh, Across the Spider-Verse is blowing up and, you know, they're taking a lot of media calls and everything. Apparently, she's saying Tom Holland in Spider-Man 4 is coming and is still a thing. But obviously, we have no fucking clue when that's going to be, especially now with the writer's strike. That could be from here to goddamn eternity. Yeah, I mean, it's fairly obvious. Yeah. I mean, you would hope it was. They didn't say it's like, nope, we're done. It's not happening again. And maybe it's good they're waiting. Maybe it's good that they're like actually trying to find like a good story worth telling and actually find a new direction for what I'm sure the next trilogy of movies will be. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't think they fully announced either where it's like, so is this going to be a continue to be a co-partnership with the Marvel company? Or are you taking them back into the weirdo Sony verse that you're trying to create now? What's what's happening here, guys? Well, we'll talk about it when we talk about across the spider verse, but I think like we that, will. that film really cemented the fact that, Oh, Sony and like Marvel studios are working like hand in hand. Yeah. That's the feeling I got where they're like, look, everyone, we are, we know there's more money to be made together than yeah. apart. So we're, we're going to be cool and we're going to play ball moving yeah. forward. A- Avi Arad didn't listen to his fucking brain mites and, and, for and, once. For once, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and is actually like doing something good. <laughs> well, maybe it's because he finally got the spot in Across the Spider Verse. So he shut the fuck up. Uh, yes, I've seen him taking, taking credit for that yes of course he did you see i i do the good thing i make the good idea i say put the spot in the movie and the movie do good yes avi is right yeah <laughs> you weren't right the last time about venom shut up <laughs> <laughs> we almost had ben kingsley as the vulture <laughs> but you you just had to get involved and we had to have three villains uh also, too, apparently in all of this conversation, they've also said they are uh, working on a live action Miles movie as well as a live action Spider-Woman movie, though they did not state which Spider-Woman because there are several and there's going to be several in that weird Madam Web movie that is also apparently still happening. Yeah. Uh, what is the deal with that film? <laughs> I know, right? Like we've we've seen pictures of it, so we know they're making yeah. it. But at the same time, none of it seems real. Yeah. And just like the plot of it sounds like a little weird where it's like they're like trying to prevent like ben parker from dying or something like dying but like but not 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 his canon event but like keeping him alive so he can then meet aunt may and or so, i don't know what the fuck's it's, going it, on it, it's weird it, it's a weird it's a weirdo terminator riff yeah and like yeah. and madam webb is in it and traveling through time but we also worked in every other spider woman that we own the rights to too yeah because we couldn't have spider-man in it because we technically don't own the rights to that <laughs> but also there is a spider-man because we've seen yeah. in like set photos but it's not holland and it isn't anyone else it's some sort of weird nightmare spider-man yeah yeah it's fucking weird <laughs> sony so can you just please just keep making animated movies and just like stop with the live stop. action please yeah yeah because it's, it's not good <laughs> like like it's amazing that these things come from more or less the same people where it's like look clearly the animated movies are where it's at just just spend the next three years really working hard to build brand new computer technology to make the web swinging look great 
just put all your R&D into that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what we want to see. And I guess maybe one more Venom movie because China loves cute chibi Venom. Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you know, just one more movie where Tom, uh, or was it where freaking Tom Hardy can just do all his sweating, get it all out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he will sweat like profusely, yeah. He's been working really hard on it, you know, Tom Hardy. He's vowed for this next movie to be even sweatier and even <laughs> clammier than before. <laughs> He's reaching levels of sweat never seen before on film. Never seen in cinema. We're breaking brand new ground. You know, we said, look, man, we can we can do this with makeup. We can do this with like, you know, CG technology. And he's like, no, I am a method actor mm. and we're going to do it right or we're not going to do it at all. I do all my own sweating. <laughs> I, uh, I again, I'm 100 percent certain that first uh, Venom movie had no goddamn costume department because he was always wearing workout clothes and he yeah. was wearing all the weird bracelets that Tom Hardy wears in real life. I'm like, did he just fucking come in from like the gym to shoot this movie? He's like, yeah, you know, I wake up, I, you know, run like a K and then I go and shoot Venom for a little bit. Yeah. I jump into lobster tanks and eat live lobsters and shit. Yeah. Yeah. I swear that's just his thing. Like I'll do this movie, but I get to do like several weird things a day. Yeah. I'm not also yes. getting out of my sweatpants. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, basically, like, I'll I'll do Venom 3, but, like, look, you got to film the whole thing around my house, is all I'm saying. <laughs> you got to film it with, like, you know, people I know in the neighborhood, is what you got to do. <laughs> and I get all the money. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, if that's the case, more power to you, Tom Hardy. Yeah, get, get that bag, yeah. Yeah, get that bag, man. And then also say to Rob from Comics Explained that there's like three hours of you doing comedy shtick that never made it in the movie and that you really wanted it, and then the <laughs> internet fucking blows up. That's one of my favorite entertainment stories that I'm tangentially connected to. Because <laughs> like I know Rob like throws a lot of softball questions and he threw him a total softball. And Hardy was like, yeah, and there's three fucking hours of me doing physical comedy that we never got in the movie. <laughs> And then off camera, he's like, what are, what are you vaping, man? I'm vaping mint. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what he's like. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's what he's like in real life. I'm like, maybe you should have asked the vape question. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we got those two movies that are apparently in development as well. They should be good. I hope they get Steinfeld and I hope they get more actually involved in it in some way. I don't know if they can. Because you run into like some weird age discrepancies, but really, well, I don't think anyone would give a shit. Well, I know the guy who voices Miles. It was like campaigning to do live action Miles, but like, yeah. and everyone's like quick to point out, like, he's he's like our age. So, yeah, so yeah, it's like kind of weird playing like you know, like kind of like a high schooler sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, it's it's a little much. You don't want to uh, what is it, dear Aaron Hansen scenario where a goddamn like forty year old guy is playing mm. a friggin' high school student. Yeah, exactly. You don't want Steve Buscemi. Hello, fellow spider people. <laughs> I am child Miles Morales. Look at me. <laughs> now to go on my child adventures. <laughs> Plus, do you know that could be like a major star making turn for some other young black actor who I'm sure would very much like Ex to do that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, either way, I'm fascinated. I mean, I think general audiences have spoken and they like Miles a whole lot and they mm -hmm. would like more of Miles. Yeah, I, I would like more Miles. I would also like more Miles, especially now. And I guess with that, we can hop right into the spoiler uh, portion of the show, though. It's been a week in the future now. And considering the major box office take, I get the feeling we're not spoiling much. I get the feeling <laughs> you all saw the movie. Yeah, I think everyone saw the film. <laughs> 
we all saw the movie. So yeah, what a what a wildly different animal this movie was. I honestly expected when I went into it, I'm like, oh, it'll just be like the first movie, but more of it. But no, this is this is a totally different beast. They come at this from a completely different angle. Mm, it's darker. It's darker, you know, it's a little messier. Uh, the fact, too, that, like, the first 15 minutes isn't about Miles at all. No. It's, a, it's a mini-movie about Gwen and her world that is literally just adapting the first volume of the Gwen comic. It is, yeah, yeah. It just, like, goes through, like, her story with her Peter and how her Peter, yeah. uh, you know, tried to change and it ended up getting him mm-hmm. killed and everything. And, and then, yeah, her, her Spider-Gwen is, like, a... a, a a uh, vigilante her father uh, captain mm-hmm. stacy is hunting her and everything yep and there's a lot of drama and pathos there and her world is a beautiful pastel watercolor world yeah my, yeah kind of like just adapting like that that the, the those the first couple of comics of yeah 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 those first couple of comics yeah where her art style is very watercolory look very. to it yeah it's great we 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 were there so long. I'm like, oh, are we going to find out that, uh, what is it? Uh, Matt Murdock is actually the kingpin of this world. Are we going to stay here <laughs> this long? Cause we're there for a very long time before the actual, like, you know, multiversal spider stuff starts happening when they have to fight the, uh, steampunk Victorian vulture, which is also a thing from the books. Yeah, and oh, it was so cool as well. The way he was designed, how he was like made of paper An etching, yeah. and, and like, yeah, look like a Da Vinci painting. Oh, so good. <laughs> so already like in the first 50, minutes they're showing off at how fucking good they've gotten this animation tech and how they can you know blend all of these different animated mm-hmm. creations into one yeah oh it's seamless the the gwen stuff is interesting too and i feel like a lot of people missed this fact because they were so confused by the to be continued really this movie the through line is not miles miles is starting a through line that mm-hmm. will continue to the next movie but really the through line is all gwen it's her yeah, essentially yeah. coming out to her father as a superhero, her getting the old team back together. I, I don't want to call this the Gwen movie because it underplays how important Miles is to everything that happens in this too. But essentially, you know, from beginning to the end, she goes on the biggest journey of anyone mm-hmm. because Miles's journey is still happening at the end of the movie. No, yeah, no, you're right. You're totally right. Yeah, it's it, it. As you said, don't really want to call it a Gwen film, but it kind of is at least at the start of it we set her up and, and sort of end. sort of see everything from like her point of view with her sort of joining this uh the the, the spider society and everything and uh, i thought they would have been web warriors i really did <laughs> and i'm like you know what spider society finds is nice too it's alliterative yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, thank you, KT, for helping us out there. The fact that Earth 65 Peter's insecurities basically killed him while a song called Self Love was playing was smart. Yeah, the movie is interesting when it comes to music because they don't build as many scenes around songs, but they do no. have little moments like that mm-hmm. with music in the background. Like the first one was basically a musical by how well it tied all the characters mm-hmm. to kind of these musical stings and everything. This one doesn't do that as much. There's a good bit with a record at the end where like Uncle Aaron plays a record, but beyond that there's not a lot of needle drops in this one no there isn't and i i kind of like it it just means they're not doing the same thing over again they're they're sort of doing doing the next thing yeah they're really challenging themselves to be different in a way that i wasn't expecting Mm -hmm. uh again as we saw from the trailers this one is actually a lot more about miles's relationship with his mother now where Mm -hmm. the first one was all about his relationship with his dad yes 
And it's, you know, it's her fear of letting go, him growing up. And also, I, I know a lot of people were arguing this one on social media where they're like, you know, oh, does Across the Spider-Verse have, like, you know, uh, a, a racism subtext? Yes, it does, but a very interesting type of, you know, racism that you're not expecting. It's about institutional racism is what mm. it is because Miles is, you know, talking to, you know, the uh, – what the fuck do you call those in school? The uh, They're like counselor person. The yeah, the counselor person talking about his college. He wants to go to New Jersey to get into a better school, and his mom is worried because they're like, you know, they might they might not treat you the same than they do <laughs> here in Brooklyn. They might treat you like you're different, like you don't yes. belong, and like that. They don't come out and say it, but it's pretty obvious what she's saying. And even when the counselor lady is like, "Oh, we need to write your story," you know, we need to write you a story about you know overcoming you know a, a harsh background and you know poverty to thrive because that's a story that will get you. In here and we'll get you accepted and it dovetails very nicely and reflects very nicely with the spider society yes where miguel o'hare is also like yeah you don't belong here yeah. you're not supposed to be here you were never supposed to be and the reason that institutional racism is extra fucked up and extra devious is that even good characters like gwen and peter b parker and basically all of his friends from the first movie they kind of go along with it yeah yeah they kind of agree with it <laughs> Because because Miguel O'Hara is speaking to their lives and their mm -hmm. experiences and, you know, well, that's the only way they've ever seen it. So they can't imagine it being any other way. And I'm mm -hmm. like, ooh, again, this is fucking smart and interesting and not everyone is going to get this on their first viewing. And a lot of people didn't get it on their no. first viewing. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's just such an interesting take on what, what could have easily just been like, oh, Miles doesn't miles uh isn't spider-man because he's not peter parker it could have just been that you know he, he's you know but you know it's not always about uh, like who who you are again it goes into the whole thing of spider-man about spider-man can be anyone under the mask mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh you know classic stan lee sort of uh description of the character and Barry. Oh, it's just, it's just so good that they're able but to tackle this sort of stuff like uh, Winfred is saying, you know, it also lets Miguel O'Hara basically be a stand-in for toxic Spider-Man fans. Yeah, being yeah, all yeah, yeah. No, canon needs to be this and this, and these people need to be together, and this person needs to die, and or else. It. Yeah, yeah, or else. <laughs> And the fact that he is like so heavily projecting because it's like I I tried to be happy I tried to have everything and I ended up destroying a whole world and because of that no one gets what they want now everyone has to be miserable like me now mm -hmm. is such a thing and like man they're they're going places with here they're doing things they're having a really complex take on Miguel and also in a way I've never really seen Spider-Man movies do like you said they're they're in interrogating the fan base in Spider-Man as a story being like yeah why why does this story always need to be tied to misery why always mm. does it need to be mm. tied to sadness and loss can't it be something different shouldn't we be allowed to break canon and be different and it's like wow that's that's a hell of a thing especially now when the comics are like full steam ahead into misery we don't yeah. know how to do anything else yeah 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 it's it's like timing so it makes me wow. like like think of like grand conspiracy you know put my tinfoil yeah, hat right. on where it's like where it's like oh the comics are doing this on purpose to it's, like it's, to like elevate the film and, and it's it's almost too perfect i right? know i know like the exact week the exact week this movie came out is when 
Kamala died and all this horrible shit started happening even more in the comic and oh yeah <laughs> it's it's almost too perfect like uh, th they always say the great conspiracy in life is that there is no great conspiracy in life shit just kind of happens mm -hmm. and shit just kind mm -hmm. of rhymes but fuck me if like it doesn't seem like know, that right i know yeah and and, and again with spider-man he's a character who's who's like you compare him to like other comic book characters his like editorial team are always like like getting their hands in on him and like manipulating what's happening with the story and everything. So I could absolutely see this being like a big sort of push between this whole thing to like make it seem as more bad than it is and kind of elevate the film and everything. I don't, I don't know, man. It's crazy. Uh, more people having us on the chat here. Tevia, how do you feel about the movie giving us a Peter who's a dad with a baby, Mayday Parker, which I am happy about while well, the commas keep sucking so badly? Oh, we'll we'll talk about that. Don't you worry. We're getting to mm. that. Kali uh, as well helping us out. I love they updated Penny to look and match her comics. Yes, now she is just riding a spider. Yeah, she's which is Shinji. What she read. <laughs> yes, which is what she had in the book. And I love so many people be like, is that an Ava reference? And I'm like, dude, it, it always was. It always was. <laughs> the amount of people I saw surprised about that i'm like really really you're surprised about yeah. that <laughs> it it always it always was a yeah. reference it's just now it's more direct uh, yeah yeah let, let, let's talk about peter b parker too so he's in the movie he doesn't have nearly as big a part because he's done his job as being a mentor but man mm -hmm. through peter b parker do they tell an amazing thing uh, about, you know, continuity and fan perception and characters being allowed to grow and change. The idea that Peter B. Parker now finally has a kid now, which is what he was mm -hmm. afraid to have in the first movie. And he says the only reason he did so was because of his relationship with Miles, that that changed it. And I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. that's so cool because that works on two levels. It works on one in the, oh, I got to hang out with a kid for a week, so I figured I'd be a good dad. But also, oh, Miles was never meant to be. Miles breaks continuity and he's infecting other people with broken continuity too. Yeah, yeah, which is why they're together. They have a child oh. and oh. <laughs> because cuz Spider-Man's never supposed to have a kid and never yeah. meant to move on cuz if he does, that's where everything blows apart. Even uh, even Gwen too. Oh, Gwen made peace with her dad. Her dad stopped being a cop, so now he doesn't have to die like he is always destined mm -hmm. to. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that that's the big canon event. Gwen uh George Stacy has to die. Yeah, which again, which Miguel is not seeing. It's like, no, he's already changing things for the better just with his being here. And I, uh, to tie it back into something you said, Matt, in our special uh, Spider-Verse episode, you said you were worried about them going to Chosen One with Miles. And I'm <laughs> really glad they don't do that here. In no. fact, they're like, no, you're the exact opposite of a Chosen One, in fact. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so interesting. Yeah, you are you are an, 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 an anomaly. You were never meant to be. Your spider came from another world, meaning there's a whole other world that never got to have a Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, and because of it, it, it's probably really fucked up. Indeed it is. What little <laughs> we see of it, it's basically goddamn Road Warrior. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also, it's in that place, too, where we see, uh, what is it, Prowler Miles, which I'm like, ooh, this also ties into that whole thing of Miles being like, look, you know, I just don't want Brooklyn to be my whole life. I want to be able to go uh, other places and do other things. Mm -hmm. In Prowler Miles, we see, oh, this is the worst, most evil outcome of that where he never leaves his home and he becomes a uh, friggin' Prowler. Yeah, did you, did you see people have noticed that in the first film, because uh, obviously I went back and watched it after this one, mm. there is hints that Miles, the Miles we've been following, was meant to become Prowler because we see him, like, when he first gets his spider sense, the spider sense is purple and green. And uh, there's, like, things in his room that, like, add up to, like, 
Earth forty two, and yeah, like all the, all this stuff. But then when he meets Spider Man and starts him with him, everything starts turning to the red and blue, and and you know more Spider Man uh, centric colors, what he wears and everything, and oh, and so so like he he changed like so his Spider Man the the Chris Pine Spider Man uh, mm-hmm. like changed his miles. So it changed Amazing. his Miles's canon event, and and that's probably what led to him being killed in the uh, accelerator. Color theory, man, that's yeah. wild. Also, hey, let, let's talk about that canon event. So this, it, even more so, is this a Lord and Miller movie? Because all of Lord and Miller's movies are like writing about writing and stories about storytelling and everything. Mm-hmm. You see it in like 21 Jump Street and the Lego movie where they're yep. like deconstructing the genre and they're deconstructing yep. the hero's journey. I have never actually heard someone to be like, yeah, we're taking concept that we as nerds throw around all the time, canon, genre. And those are like actual devices within the universe themselves that this universe, this multiverse even runs on canon mm-hmm. and canon must be appeased or else. Yes. That's so fucking crazy and so fucking creative. And in any other hands could have been a disaster. This movie could have disappeared up its own ass. So oh, oh yeah, absolutely. And yet it doesn't and it works and it's so fucking wild. It's yeah, it's, it's so cool. And I, I love, the way they go about explaining like canon events and like the the, the web of what are they called the mm-hmm. web of destiny or something yeah yeah and, and did you notice did you notice that the web of destiny is surround surrounds uh the sacred timeline from oh, from shit, from Logan. The, the, it's it looks like a tree but if you turn it on its side it looks exactly like the sacred timeline oh, from shit. loki and that's that's absolutely on purpose cuz cuz yes. cuz we see like we see in the tree we see uh uh andrew garfield spider-man mm. toby Maguire, you know all these spider-man we've seen in other things but i'm like ah oh, they they're linking it up they're linking it all up together the, the fact that this has become such a multimedia project because we get those live action clips, we get live action Prowler as Donald Glover, which is fucking wild mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because Donald Glover was an inspiration for Miles that yep. Bendis has said because he was a fan of community. He did the voice in one of the cartoons and now he gets to be here as live action Prowler and meet animated Miles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And oh, I, I love that thing. Where it's like, yeah, we got all these, you know, abnormality villains here and everything. We've got an amazing rhino, a non amazing craven. Oh, <laughs> uh, what crazy. was uh, what was that 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 uh that guy that Helvetica, the mm. the, the villain who who's like who's like whose whole shtick is like he's um uh he he plays with fonts and he's gonna send Miles oh, to hell. Yeah, typeface, typeface. He's gonna send Miles to Helvetica. <laughs> what, one of my man that's a fucking dirty joke and i loved every <laughs> second so of it good. one one because it's such like a d-list loser villain that they actually yeah. spent a lot of money to put in a movie and then they made a font joke Hell's yeah <laughs> my my favorite was the one uh that had the spider mobile i did not realize the spider mobile's yes. name was peter parked car <laughs> peter parked <laughs> so car. Again, good 
basically anything stupid that you think exists in Spider-Man, it exists. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a, oh man, Andy Sandberg as goddamn Ben Riley. Yeah, oh, he's, he's great. I I love that that actually that actually made people upset because they're like, I know. Oh, 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 this like, what are you doing with Ben Riley? It's like well, this is exactly what he's like. <laughs> this was this is what what he was like for decades in the night. Yeah. just over just overwrought and over explaining and yeah. doing his own goddamn narration. Yeah, really dramatic and and like trying to be like like hardcore and like like mysterious but he just comes off as like a chode <laughs> and and yes that's the joke everyone else's sadness is real and played for drama except for his sadness which is hilarious yeah it's hilarious yeah that's the last oh, web slinger why does the horse need a mask <laughs> love that oh we even get new ones from the comics spider bite who i really like she's mm -hmm. like the computer virtual reality spider yeah. person who actually yeah. gets a lot to do and sun spider the uh what is it uh the handy capable yeah. uh, spider person yeah and they and and they have a like big jokes about it and everything and it's, it's it. brilliant i i i actually really like that that spider-man just i i love the, the idea of the the crutches with the 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 spider web shooting out of it and everything it's cool it's, it's clever and her joke is a perfect joke when it's oh, like yeah. hey you know do, do do you think as spider people we use comedy too much as a crutch i <laughs> get it crutch yeah crutch <laughs> I'm, I'm doing it too <laughs> and also hey we, we gotta mention this uh josh fucking keaton came back as the spectacular spider-man yeah yeah for a little bit yeah it's great and, and he he, he didn't know, apparently. They got him to record some lines. He didn't know what it was for because obviously his spectacular Spider-Man voice is just him talking normally. Mm -hmm. So when he went to the movies, he was actually surprised that that's what they used the dialogue for. <laughs> what would he have thought it was for, though? <laughs> don't know. I don't know if he was just, like, fucking with people, but still, I think that's amazing. Also, especially, too, because they weren't going to get the other animated Spider-Man back. They weren't going <laughs> to get Because he's a predator. Because he's a predator. <laughs> Yeah, see, if you went, if you kept going through that prison world, Drake Bell was in one of the hosts. <laughs> we don't talk about him. <laughs> but yeah, I love that Josh Keaton got to be back after, you know, he got replaced by freaking Drake Bell for a little bit. And I'm like, good, good. I'm glad the good guy won out in this one. That was the one everyone wanted, the one that people grew up with. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Also, hey, if you all get really excited about it, maybe they'll do more spectacular Spider-Man. <laughs> Because basically this movie seeks to imply that fucking everything is on the table. Every Spider-Man movie, oh, yeah. every cartoon, every video game, the weird 60s non-animation, it's all canon. It's all canon, yeah. It all is canon. It all happens somewhere in the Spider-Verse. Now, I'll, the one thing I want to ask you, so like, in in that secret time in that sacred timeline stuff, we do see like mm. live action clips, which mm. seeks to imply that like if if my if this miles was to go into like the like an mcu he would be yeah. animated he wouldn't be live action it would seem that way because we see the so, lego universe too where real yeah. shit falls in the lego verse yeah what, what do you think about that like because usually like when stuff like that happens they like like take star wars like you got the rebels characters happening in ahsoka and they're they're adapting yeah. them into like they're like real people now yeah yeah like what do you think like that good bad like, uh, do you think it should have been a live action person? I, I mean, I grew up watching, you know, Who Framed Roger Rabbit and mm. all that other stuff. So mm. I think it's dope as fuck to see regular people interact with cartoons and vice versa. Mm -hmm. I also know that everyone isn't me. And I also know that the people who made Who Framed Roger Rabbit went half crazy trying to make that happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
And even now with all the technology and everything involved, I doubt they would do it. I would love it, but they wouldn't do it just for me. You know what's even crazier about that Lego Spider-Man thing we saw there? It was done that by was, a 14-year-old. Yeah, one guy did all of that. One yeah. child did all of that because, like, who else is going to be that obsessive about Legos? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that's kind of amazing and kind of awesome. Yeah, yeah. No, no yeah, as well. I, I hope they, they do the, the animated in live action sort of stuff because it would differentiate itself from like, you know, like Fair. Star Wars, like where we get, live, uh, you know, animated characters in live action. You know, we yeah, it would differentiate itself from that and make it seem quite unique as well. How does how does an animated Miles interact with like the real world? How, how indeed. We also got, uh, what is it, too? We also got Jameson. We also got movie Jameson in a bunch of these universes, too. Yeah, J.K. Simmons, who's, who's just J- Jameson in every universe, it seems. He's the, I, he's the constant. <laughs> he is the constant. I love that. See, now, where's across the Jameson-verse? When are we going to get all of them hanging out together? It's just <laughs> J.K. Simmons wearing different hats for 20 minutes. <laughs> Uh, the evil mathematician there helping us out. My mom gave me a similar speech as Rio, and the first time I got rejected, I ran home and cried to my mom. This movie hit too close to him. Yeah, man, I hear you. A lot of people in my theater were mm. getting really emotional, and I could tell. I'm like, this movie is speaking to people on a level that movies like this don't. I, I know where I'm from. There's like a big uh, Indian population, so getting mm-hmm. to see Spider-Man of India was a huge deal when he's like raking other characters across the co- uh, coals for saying chai tea, saying he just puts coconut in his hair. You know, he wants to get big. Big, but not too big i like that he seems to be the only spider-man that like doesn't have misery in his life no he seems genuinely happy well he was supposed to have misery because yes, he was yes. supposed to lose his gwen yes. and his captain stacy but they saved him and then i guess his whole world blew up but no they saved his world didn't they well they they, they put they the spider society turned up and put those like things down that like help like like sort of slow down the the deletion or whatever yeah. happens to them sort of thing yeah, there's there's a couple lines in this movie that go fucking hard, harder than most animated movies, and I bet they had to fight to keep them in. It's the line where Spider-Man of India is like, oh, and this is where the British stole all our stuff. Stole all our stuff, yeah. And I'm like, it's history, man. You might not like it, but that's how it happened. Or Hobie being like, you know, I bash the fashion, I fight the MP, because I'm like, oh, yeah, because Norman Osborn is like literally prime minister of his world. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's great. That's fucking dope. Man, Spider-Punk is awesome. And, like, I'm so glad he turned out awesome because he easily could have been so insufferable because they set yeah. him up as, like, they set him up as a romantic rival to Miles. Where I'm like, okay, you know, there's, you know, some sequel ideas there and everything. But ultimately, in the end, he just proves to be really helpful and one of the few Spider-Men who are actively on Miles' side when no one else is. And it makes sense he would be because, like, oh, he's going against the establishment. Of course he's going to you know be on miles's side but uh, no he was great i i loved him i do know what you mean by like he he wrote that line of like he could have easily have been very like insufferable and just an awful Mm -hmm. character but it was great daniel kalua was great and i like that daniel kalua actually got to use his british accent for once yep yeah i know right (laughs) so so fucking cool you know that's a character where they're like spinoff potential would people watch uh hobie spider punk thing that's just like a bunch of you know like sex pistols pop art and i'm like yeah yeah I'd, I'd watch that. I'd yeah, totally watch that. I would. Hell, make it make it a show. Make it 22 <laughs> minutes every week. <laughs> so I can get more of that because the Spider-Punk universe is actually quite deep and interesting. It's it's really interesting, yeah. Cody Ziegler just finished a series. Yeah. Uh, probably Frederick Calvin too. Surprise, we never seen the Council of Reeds versus the Spider-Verse. Yeah, how has that never been a thing? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, never say never, but yeah. 
it could be now. Yeah, Council of Kangs, Council of Reeds, Council of Spider People. Yeah. Oh, we, we've got all this time too. We haven't talked about the spot. Man, do they do some interesting <laughs> shit with the spot. He's the guy they bageled in the first one. <laughs> Love that they tied it all back, that he's the doctor who did the spider experiment, that him and Miles are intrinsically tied. And also his character journey is really fascinating because he's a villain who understands that he is a villain of the mm -hmm. week because, again, Lord Miller, everything is yeah. meta, everything is writing about writing. He knows he's a villain of the week. He knows he's one of these one-off Marvel villains who's not really important, is meant to just get defeated because the movie's not about them. It's about mm -hmm. the hero's journey. Yeah, he's not a very good villain because, like, he – his powers are like he has spots that yep. like sometimes work and sometimes don't. And that his entire mission in this movie is he wants to break out of the mold of just being a villain of the week. He wants to be a Thanos. He wants to be a Kang. He wants to be a big deal. And it's like, well, how do you be a big deal? Well, you threaten the multiverse. You destroy a couple worlds. Yeah, it, it, it really mirrors Miles's story about him wanting to like break out of the mold and, yeah. and uh, break out of being, you know, this Spider-Man that has to follow canon events and has mm -hmm. to have these misery things happening to him and everything. It is at its core, it is a movie about writing your own story is mm -hmm. what it is and not letting other people define you and hero and villain both do this. And even Gwen does that too in the end by taking control of her own story and revealing mm -hmm. herself to her father and everything and going against the spider society who is also trying to write Miles' story for him because, hey, you know, fucked up, you know, institutional racism mm -hmm. and everything because he's different. He's not meant to be here. He's not one of us. He doesn't know the rules. He doesn't have the same life experiences that, oh, if he's here too long, he'll fuck up everything. Mm -hmm. Also, hey, uh, that, that was Ben Schwartzman, right, is the spot? Uh, yes. Yes, I want to say yes. Yeah, what a what an underrated performer, because he's always doing these silly, funny roles and everything. Mm. But, like, he actually does... He, he has that, uh, like, bariness of, like, oh, you're a funny actor, but you have, like, a real human darkness in you that comes out. Yeah, well, by the end, you, by the end of the movie, because, like, the spot really isn't in it all that much. No, uh, he's you, not. You cut back to him every now and then and see, like, uh, oh, his powers are growing, he's ac accessing the, the multiverse and all that sort of stuff. Uh, he, he goes into like a Steve Ditko world, which is really fun. Yes. Um, he, he, he meets the shop lady from Venom. We're yeah. Like, hey, everyone, yeah. it's your favorite yeah. character from the Venom movie. Yeah, who just shop doesn't lady. give a fuck. <laughs> He's like, just don't steal anything, okay? <laughs> Whatever. Makes sense. I, I love all the characters from the Venom movies. Who do we have that kids are going to love? It's your favorite shop yeah. lady, everybody. Where's her, where's her like Marvel Legends figure? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. At least a Funko, right? You know? <laughs> You know, they can, they can make her one of those figures where I got to buy, like, six figures and put her all together. She can <laughs> yeah, be the, she, build she, she's a she build can be the figure. Build figure. She's a builder figure, you know. Goes for a lot of money on uh, eBay. But, you know, it's <laughs> worth it for everyone's favorite character, Shop Lady. Yeah, yeah. Which, again, I'm like, the, the fact, too, that Lord Miller are also kind of subtly taking the piss out of Venom, the other big Sony thing yeah. at the same time is doing this, is fucking amazing. Those, those guys are goddamn wizards and magicians. How the hell do they make it work? I don't know. I, I really don't know. It's fucking, it's fucking wild, man. It's fucking crazy. Uh, I, I mean, there's just, like, so much going on here to talk about. What what else? Was there? Spot was cool. He becomes a big eldritch horror by the end. Oh, it, looked, it was, like, legit terrifying at the end, yeah. It's Again, that's kind of like what they did in the comics when Spot became the coyote. And I'm like, oh, same deal here, you know. If you think about it, a guy who can exist everywhere at once 
and is super neurotic and everything. Yeah, that's goddamn scary. Yeah, and I, I, I also like that it's kind of like squaring that circle where like sometimes you have those, you have those villains that are like, oh, you have like a pretty decent power, but because you're an idiot, you don't know how to use don't it properly. Use it. But if you did, yeah. you would become very. You'd be an actual threat, and that's what this is. Where it's like, oh, he's figured out how to use his powers properly. Holy shit, what are we gonna do? Exactly, he's gonna ruin everything. Yeah. But also keep canon because the cop must always die. And I yeah. love how they boiled down so much of Spider-Man to these totemic figures. And to properly explain it, they show the original comic panels of Captain Stacy's death mm. from the book. Yeah. How fucking wild is that? And even they kind of say it with Gwen, too, where it's like, well, yeah, in every universe, a Gwen falls for a Spider-Man. I'm like, yeah, and then that Gwen usually dies. Yeah, yeah, she usually dropped off a bridge, yeah. Yeah, you usually get dropped off a bridge in a horrible fridging accident, which to think, I guess that's what makes this Gwen special, too, because it's like, yeah, you're one of the few Gwens who survives in the multiverse, where in every other one they die these horrible deaths. Yeah. And does she know that? Has she been to enough worlds now that she's pieced that together? And isn't that fucking terrifying? That's the thing I got from the whole film where it's like a lot of these people who are working with Miguel don't like, they don't understand. He's not telling them everything. Yeah. So, so like, oh yeah, you're like your George Stacy's or your uncle Ben's will die. But then there's other stuff where like, yeah, like Gwen will die a horrible death in most universes. Thanks to the green goblin or, or, you know, Mary Jane will die from Peter's, you know, radioactive semen and all that sort of stuff. And Spider-Man rain is in there as well. I saw him. I I I saw him. I'm like, yeah, I know there's a lot of funny ones in there. Yeah. Yeah, Again, you know, this is what makes Miguel such an interesting character because he is lashing out and he is projecting and he's has this almost like cultish thing going on where it's like, I'm holding your misery over you. Mm Mm-hmm. You can't be anything more than this misery. This misery is what defines us as spider people. Mm-hmm. I wonder it's if they're going to like also like because I didn't notice any, but there was like no other Miguel O'Hara's there. No. There was just him. Yeah. So is, is it going to get revealed that there's others out there or is he the only one much like how Miles is the only one? And is that going to be the thing that they sort of connect over? They connect over a lot. They connect over a shared biracial heritage, which Mm -hmm. I like. They both speak Spanish to each other as I knew they would. Yeah. Yeah. Miles tries to like bribe him with some, some, some Spanish food, but he just doesn't give a fuck. Does not give a fuck. I thought that was very, very funny. (laughs) Uh, Mayday Parker is adorable as we knew it to be. It's spider baby. What's not to love about spider baby? Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. And, and somewhere Marvel editorial is just seething and tearing its hair out. <laughs> or maybe, or maybe like, may, or maybe like acting like this is all going to plan because the, the big conspiracy <laughs> is, yeah. is all part of the plan. <laughs> it, it feels like it has to be right. It feels like it has to be. <laughs> it has to be. But yeah, I mean, that's great. The whole big like space train fight and everything and miles having to like run from every other spider verse, uh, person in the universe. Uh-huh. uh-huh. The big reveal that they went to the wrong Earth. Now, I hope we actually get to spend more time on that Earth with Evil Miles because that was the one thing I wanted that I never really got where it's like, okay, but what are the other people in Miles' life like on other Earths? Because we see so much, you know, about how Spider-Man is different and how Spider-Man can mean so much. But what a, you know, what about the ripple effects on other people? We get to see, you know, old Uncle Aaron who, you know, in a world mm-hmm. where his dad died took him under his wing and, you know, kind of took care of him, but took care of him in the only way he knew how to by making him into a criminal and teaching him how to steal. Yep. Yep. Which, which is what makes Aaron such an interesting fucked up character. Where it's like, Oh, you did that out of love. Didn't you? You did this bad thing out of love because you don't know how to do anything else. <laughs> 
And the fact that Aaron almost seems scared of Miles as Prowler, because it's like, oh, yeah. you've made a monster, haven't you? Yeah, he he's turned into a real, like, Prowler is no longer like the Prowler you were. The Prowler is something yeah. much, much more dangerous. Yeah, he, he's he's hungry and, you know, everything that, you know, Aaron wasn't, because, like, Aaron was okay working for other people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where this one clearly has plans and ideas all his own. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to imagine as well, maybe maybe the the kingpin got his family back. Maybe he's a good guy. Ooh, ooh that would be fun. Good guy. Fit. Because That'd there be was no tie it back. Because he he would have probably have done the accelerator oh, test. Spider-Man, yeah. And sp- he might have yeah, he probably w- would have not had a Spider-Man or someone to stop him. So he maybe got his family back. Yeah, no, or, or no Spider-Man means his family wouldn't have run off. Mm, mm, yeah. Which means if he became Kingpin at all, he would have had his family. Though, if it's anything like the comics, they would have ended up hating him anyway, because that's kind of how it happened. Which, yeah. th- that, which that could be fun and interesting in and of itself to be like, oh, wow, you got everything you wanted in this world and your family still ended up hating you, if for completely different reasons. Yeah, or, or uh, Prowler killed his family, like as sort of like, like mm-hmm. taking out the Kingpin, the competition, as it were. Right. Sort of oh, that would be something. Yeah, where it's like Spider-Man costs you your family or a Spider-Man costs your family no matter where you go. Yeah, and, and since there is no Spider-Man, what has become of the Peter Parker in this world? Yes, or the Aunt May or anything. Yeah, yeah. what are they up to? Is Uncle Ben dead? Oh, shit. Yeah, I mean, he, he wouldn't have been wrestling. He wouldn't have gone to the thing. So, yeah, Uncle Ben would probably still be alive. Yeah, yeah. Wow, wouldn't that be something? That world sucks, but Peter's happy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and maybe he married that world's Gwen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, everything else in that world is dog shit, but Peter is happy. Peter is happy, yeah. <laughs> the world is burning around him, but yeah, I'm happy. It's, yeah, it's literally Mad Max out there. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of a theme of this movie, too. You know, uh, grass is always greener there, but for the grace go I type thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're, we're more alike than we're not. That's uh, There's a lot of stuff to go there. You know, there's, uh, again, you know, I mentioned the whole big theme of coming out. Miles gets his whole big moment there where he thinks he's finally revealing to his mother that he's Spider-Man only to realize, oh, crap, I got sent to the wrong earth. I, I was a little, I, I was a little ahead of that. That was a surprise in my theater. I'm like, nope, nope, sent him to the wrong earth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, the minute I, I, uh, I saw Gwen outside, I'm like, yeah, that's a different room. Okay, yeah, he's, he's somewhere else. He's somewhere yeah. else. <laughs> They sent him to a wrong earth. Uh oh. Uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> but also, but also a great way to leave the movie too. I'm like, yep. Yeah, this is this is how you don't end the movie right now. This is this is how you keep going. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, too, for a third installment, I have no idea how they're gonna settle this. I mean, I guess uh, Gwen and her team are going to have to make some jumps now to other Earths to try and find wherever Miles actually went. Yeah. Well, I guess like they'll they'll be able to tell by because that computer would would have said that like it's oh it sent miles back to his that that like web computer that sends the villains back to their respective earth i imagine it'll it'll tell them it sent him to earth 42 because that's he got bitten by the spider right i I hope we have some fun in some other earths before we eventually Mm. get back to deal with the whole thing itself yeah i think we will because like obviously we've got the spot there who can travel through multiverses Mm -hmm. send people to other multiverses so yeah i'm intrigued to see what they're gonna do especially because like this was obviously them hinting at oh we can do like live action stuff here with like yeah, you know, yeah. donald glover's prowler and everything so like i have to imagine in this next one we're gonna have like tom holland spider-man you, probably you think toby Maguire's and all that sort of stuff actually in the film whatever. and not just archive footage 
yeah, maybe maybe OG '90s cartoon Spider-Man who we haven't mm-hmm. seen yet, mm-hmm. who technically had his own Spider-Verse adventure. Yeah, I would imagine as well the uh, uh, Japanese Spider-Man uh, is oh, going to get involved yes. somehow. He's going to come in, and the emissary of hell is going to start yes. shooting up everyone. <laughs> maybe Penny's really pissed off. I'm the Spider-Man with the robot. <laughs> hey, why are all the Japanese sh- ones with robots? What's with yeah, that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what's up with that? Why don't all the Japanese ones have robots? <laughs> then, then we meet the actual manga Spider-Man, which is also a thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't have a giant robot. I'm just a ninja. <laughs> or something. <laughs> Man, it would be funny too, and maybe this isn't something for the threequel. Maybe this is something for the fourth one. The fact that we know there's an evil Peter, or sorry, that there's an evil Miles out there. What if we saw more evil Spider characters? Because we know that's a thing, also. That would be pretty good. I don't think they're going to do a fourth one. I think uh, Lord and Miller has said the third one is it. That's that, and, fair, and that's going to be it. They're going to come in with an ending, and I, I'm more than happy that they're not milking it. Yes, I agree. Especially, too, because they were, like, talking about spinoffs. Like, oh, maybe we'll do a Spider-Man noir spinoff. Maybe we'll do, uh, what is it, a Spider-Gwen movie. And really, the first 15 minutes of this movie and the last 15 minutes basically are a Spider-Gwen movie. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a whole Gwen movie inside this Miles movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but maybe I'm just a sucker for that. Where it's like, oh, but you have a team of Spider-People now from other universes. Well, now you need to get the evil team of Spider-People <laughs> from other universes. So, like, oh, that's where you start to bring in, like, yeah, you get do, like, a, a multiversal Sinister Six or something. Yeah, or something where it's like, oh, here's Peter where he never took off the black suit, so he's evil. Yeah, he's Miles yeah. Miles Prowler. Here's Gwen where maybe she becomes the jackal and she starts ooh, cloning people. Ooh, and here's Morbius. <laughs> Yeah, and here's just Morbius, because why the fuck not? <laughs> and Morbius with Michael Keaton <laughs> fighting <Yeah. laughs> Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what we really need. When's Michael Keaton going to show up in these movies finally? Give us all exactly what we've wanted. Yeah, well, I don't think he's going to be Batman anymore, so he might as well come back as no. Vulture. <laughs> no, I suppose not. I, I think it's funny, too, that Nick Cage uh, Nick Cage and John Mulaney, they, they have voice lines in this, but they're lines from the first movie. They don't yeah. have any new lines. No. I mean, Mulaney was probably in rehab, and it looks like Nick Cage was filming something else. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually surprised he didn't come back at all. Yeah, I'm like, don't you love this shit, man? Don't you live for this shit? Yeah. Oh, sorry, the other guys let me be uh, Superman. Yeah, I'm an hour character in Dead by Daylight, so uh, I-, I gotta go wow. do that. <laughs> wow, I could not believe that that's a thing, but also, like, yeah, checks out. <laughs> if anyone was gonna be a killer chasing her, it was yeah. either gonna be him or Gary Busey. Yeah, yeah, he was he was busy shooting that uh, that really great uh, Dracula film he did recently, Renfield. Oh, Riffy, I haven't watched that yet. I'm oh, it's, it's fantastic. It does look. It's funny. I was almost against it at first because I'm like, hey, you stole one of the funniest long running jokes from what we do in the shadows, and you just made it into a movie and presented it like it was a new idea and not something that they've been doing for like four seasons of television where Dracula's familiar. It's more played like he's in a codependent relationship. Yeah, it's great. They put Cage in Bella Lugosi footage and it's it's awesome. That's that's all I really want. Also, Aquafina is in it. My my yeah. uh, what, what, what do the kids call it? My problematic fave, Aquafina. <laughs> where it's like I like you a lot, and I don't know if I should, because <laughs> everything about your persona just screams red flags. And yet every time you're on screen, I'm just delighted by you. <laughs> you you can put that as my red flag too, Joel, secret Aquafina fan, <laughs> and doesn't know why. <laughs> 
I, I guess that's it for the movie then. I guess uh, we got nothing else to say. Do we have any theories for the big third finale where we're going to go with this? Because it feels like uh, they could really do anything now. It's called Beyond the Spider-Verse. I think you nailed it. We're going to see the live-action Spider-Man at some point because th- they name-dropped the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so like they know it's there. Yeah, they know that they were like, teasing it here where we got to see the live-action Prowler and all the other stuff. So, yeah, yeah I think they're, they're saving like like the big stuff where like, oh, one of these live-action characters is actually going to be part of this story. Like Tom Holland's going to appear for, you know, 10 minutes or so. Something like that. Venom's going to be in it or something. Yeah, I get. Yeah, I'm actually shocked Venom wasn't this. To be honest. Yeah, yeah. Well, we got that. We got shop lady. You got to tease the shop lady first, and then you bring out the the sweaty Tom Hardy. <laughs> Look, you know, if if it's an infinite universe, that means somewhere out there, shop lady became. Venom. <laughs> she became Venom. Yeah. <laughs> and Venom and runs just I- like a bodega in New York, in San Francisco. And that's what we really need to see, is what I'm saying. Forget Venom Lethal Protector. It's Venom Lethal Shopkeeper. <laughs> you never want to rob that one. <laughs> or else. <laughs> I think that's happening. I think we're going to get a great spot fight there. I think uh, we're probably going to see some more fun multiversal Spider-Man. Yeah, I think you're right. We're probably going to get the Japanese Megazord one, because that's a popular one and we haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll get Spider's Man, too. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to see that. that that'd be hor- horrifying. That would be horrifying on the main street. Hey, what's your deal? I'm not a million spiders in a costume, I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> just just have it be really fucking eerie, like he's just hanging around corners, like, oh, that's the Spider-Man we don't even like talking to. Yeah, I said recently they should do an opposite, where, where it's like a thousand Peter Parkers who think they're a spider. Who think they're one spider. So it's just a wave of Peter Parkers. (laughs) (laughs) So many Peters. (laughs) Uh, That's good stuff. Well, all right, everyone. I think uh, we'll start bringing this one to a close. We really appreciate you coming and hanging out. Again, I think the show was better because we waited a week. So Matt and I had more thoughts about actual Mm -hmm. Spider-Man itself. Yes. Yes, absolutely. It's good. It's good shit. Again, you know, I said it about Guardians and I'll say it about this, too. You know, that whole narrative of like, oh, are people getting sick of comic book movies? Are people getting sick of superhero movies? Not when they keep making them like this, they won't. Yeah. Yeah. Lord and Miller actually said that, like, there is no superhero fatigue. What people hate are bad movies. Exactly. Yeah. And I think people are getting smart now where they can tell a bad one from a good one. Yes. Which I'm sure terrifies some of the studios. Like, what do you mean this won't make a billion dollars? <laughs> the, the the general audience is becoming sentient. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, they know the difference. What? <laughs> what do you mean we just can't put out any old thing? <laughs> and it'll do a billion just because people think it's connected to something. What do you mean they're actually paying attention? Though that being said, they're clearly not paying a ton of attention because, like I said, my theater was super disappointed at the to be continued. So I'm like, oh, you guys don't read the entertainment trades. You didn't know they cut this one in two and that the next one comes out next year because it does. <laughs> and they're like, well, how long is the next one going to be like four hours? They got so much left to finish. I'm like, not really. <laughs> yeah, not really. Yeah, now when you think about it again, this this was two hours and this like zoomed right by, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, really. I couldn't believe it. And I could feel the ending coming to him. Like, oh, no, this the ending is coming. He went to the wrong years. Oh, they're going to end on a big, big, like, you know, Scooby-Doo mask reveal twist. And they did. They did. Yeah, they did. And it was good. And I really liked it. And I can't wait to watch it again. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to seeing it in uh, 4K. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. 
That'd be really, really good. So, yeah, thank you, everyone, for watching and listening and hanging out. We really appreciate it. As always, if you're a patron, you'll get to listen to this back first before anyone else, uh, both in audio and video form. We try and get that up as soon as the show is done, basically, on Patreon. And you can become a patron for as little as a dollar a month. For everyone else, we got clips uh, going up. Uh, the audio version drops Wednesday, wherever fine podcasts are heard. And of course, you can always just watch us here Saturday Night Live, which we try and do uh, over on Twitch and uh, over on YouTube. Yes, yes. Yes, so uh, check that out, everyone, and uh, we promise you won't be disappointed. Yeah, it, it was great. It was great. Yeah, so thank you, everyone, and we'll see you all again next time. Bye-bye. See ya. <laughs>